The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the sixth chapter. King Herod heard of the disciples' preaching, for Jesus' name had become known. Some were saying, John the baptizer has been raised from the dead, and for this reason these powers are at work in him. But others said, it is Elijah. And others said, it is the prophet, like the prophets of old. But when Herod heard it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For Herod himself had sent men who arrested John, bound him and put him in prison on account of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because Herod had married her. For John had been telling Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to kill him. But she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he protected him. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he liked to listen to him. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers and officers and the leaders of Galilee. When his daughter Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, ask, for, ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it. And he solemnly swore to her, whatever you ask me, I will give you even half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what should I ask for? She replied, the head of John the baptizer. Immediately she rushed back to the king and requested, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was deeply grieved, yet out of regard for his oaths and for the guests, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately the king sent a soldier of the guard with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in prison, brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl. Then the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, I'm not exactly going to preach on John the Baptist getting beheaded, so take a breath. Good morning. This changes everything. That's quite a broad statement. And before we left for the ELCA Youth Gathering in Houston, Texas, I was asked what the this is in this changes everything. I responded, well, the cross, of course, because isn't it all about Jesus? And this is a Lutheran gathering. And it is about the cross but also more. It is about our life in and through Jesus gathered in community. And I know there are many times in my life when I'm going about my everyday thing in my ordinary way, and the message of the cross and the life-giving love of Jesus becomes more of a backdrop and not the focus. However, when you enter a football stadium filled with 30,000 Lutheran teenagers, all dressed in bright t-shirts with their brave adult leaders by their side, you can't help but see the, and experience the cross at the forefront, both physically as it is presented on the stage larger than life, but more importantly through the stories of the speakers, musicians, dancers, and poets who shared the call of God in their life and the love, grace, and hope they find in Jesus. 
We gathered nightly for four nights, served the community for a day, worshiped with our synod, spent a day learning about peace and justice opportunities, working with the ELCA, listened to musicians, rode on bumper cars, and gathered for closing worship on Sunday morning. And Jesus was present. Each time we gathered as a large group, we were reminded of who we are and whose we are in Christ, and that we are not in this alone. The first night, I stood there simply in awe. It could have been because I was tired, but I choked up. Just seeing and hearing all these youth singing songs of praise and raising their phones as flashlights to the music made me emotional. I had a moment. I actually had a few of these moments during the gathering where I wished it could always be like this, that we could experience this at home and that we could stand arm in arm, hand in hand, and always be reminded that we are part of God's larger story. The gathering does this to you, or more accurately, Christ works in you through the gathering. This is why we fundraise, travel thousands of miles from home, leave our families behind, so we can gather together as the church in one place at one time for one purpose. We experienced youth and adults from Puerto Rico telling their stories of Hurricane Maria and about those still without power as we served alongside them at Mitchell Elementary School, creating a comfort garden and a butterfly garden for kids affected by Hurricane Harvey. We saw indigenous youth and leaders from Alaska, Montana, the Dakotas, and New Mexico dancing during the opening event. We worshiped alongside 650 youth who attended Mile, the multicultural youth leadership event, offering youth of color whose primary first language is not English, a chance to be churched together and to be seen in our predominantly white denomination. We played in the pool with and prayed alongside those who attended the table event, one in which empowers young people who live with a wide range of physical, cognitive, and emotional disabilities so that they might grow as faithful, wise, and courageous witnesses to the gospel. This is what the church looks like. This is what the reign of God looks like, as the writer of Mark keeps mentioning over and over again in the parables. This is what I believe Jesus means by an abundant life. During the gathering, there was no question that we were part of something bigger than ourselves, which is why I I think I was drawn to the Ephesians text we heard this morning. In Ephesians 1, we receive a blessing. We hear that through Jesus Christ, we are adopted children of God. We are claimed as belonging to God. We are chosen as heirs. We are all forgiven our trespasses, and we are redeemed through God's grace. God gathers all things up, all things and all people in heaven and in earth. And moreover, this is done living together in the midst of our human differences. The text of blessing is countercultural. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, reminds us that our worth Our popularity, our identity, is not in what the world says is important. Our worth and our identity is in Christ, and we have been invited and called to share this message with the world. The gathering itself is countercultural. How often do you see teenagers in matching shirts walking down the street, giving high fives and clipping clothespins on people's backpacks with messages of encouragement to random people they meet? or while standing in line at the Houston Space Center. 
This is Lutheran youth. This is the church. This is the example of the reign of God, abundant life. Abundant life is not one filled with discrimination, judgment, shame, or one that draws us away from God. Abundant life is not an abuse of power. It is not a world where kings or leaders take another's life based on a bet, a promise to impress, a jest, or because they're afraid of what others will think of them if they don't follow through. John the Baptist didn't have to die. Herod didn't actually want to kill him. But he died, and he was killed because of fear and power. This is not the life that God wants for God's people. To live an abundant life, to live in the reign of God, it means we must see, really see, those who are different than us, those who are in the margins, those we want to ignore, and those who might make us a bit uncomfortable at times. Living an abundant life is not just going out and serving the poor, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, sponsoring the refugee, building the house, or applauding when the speaker on the stage talks about turning their life around from drug use, self-harm, their struggle with sexual identity, or the fact they're going to lose their life soon. And it's not that we shouldn't serve or help or support those that we hear as they share their stories with us, but striving for the abundant life that Christ calls us to live is more than that. And it isn't always easy, it isn't natural, and it can make us uncomfortable. The second day we were in Houston, I was heading out to get our dinner. And a woman came up to me, told me her story about her daughter in the hospital just down the street. And she needed just $7 to cover the night for the hotel. And of course I hesitated. I was headed somewhere. And I thought, yeah, right. (laughs) And then I gave her $10. Now, most likely she wasn't staying in our hotel because it was full of gathering participants and volunteers. But you never know. And $10 was something I could share. And before she left, she gave me a blessing, and I responded, God bless you too. A couple days later, though, after our second mass gathering, the thousand or so of us that were staying at our hotel walked by a man with a sign and a shopping cart. And this continued over the next three nights. And I don't know how many people gave him money or not, but I know I didn't. Looking back, I wish I had done something for him. I wish I had acknowledged him in some way to see him for who he is as a child of God, knowing full well that money wasn't going to solve his problems. But there was something I could have done, whether it was purchasing gift cards to hand out or sharing even a kind word. Thankfully, I don't have to be perfect, and I'm allowed to make mistakes and still be part of God's family. To live an abundant life, to live one that represents the reign of God through Christ is not just hanging out with the cool people, but it's recognizing those in our families, schools, workplaces, even here in worship or in our Sunday school classes who just might not fit in. Jesus calls everyone to gather at his table, the table of love, hope, and grace, where we receive his body and blood, where all are welcome. But let me add not just welcomed, but fully accepted. Through this meal, everyone is invited, everyone is called, everyone is adopted into this abundant life with God in heaven and on earth. So what is the this in this changes everything? 
It's a lot. <laughs> but first, it is Christ whose coming, life, death, and resurrection really did change everything then, now, and forever. We are blessed in Christ. We are chosen in Christ. We are destined for adoption through Christ. In Christ, we've obtained our inheritance, and our hope is set on Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it's not of your own doing. It is a gift of God. Secondly, it is all of us here today. We are all called as God's children to share the love of Christ with the world in need, but those sitting in the pew with us as well. We are redeemed by God's grace, whether we feel we deserve it or not. And we can put our hope in Christ as we live our lives striving to share the reign of God with a world so greatly in need of this hope. I ask myself each time I take youth to a gathering such as this, is it worth it? And as someone whose life and call was changed by the seed of faith that was scattered and sown as a child, as a teen it was planted as I entered the stadium in 1991 in Dallas, Texas, to hear Maya Angelou speak. I could never imagine so many people worshiping together, let alone all of them Lutheran. Yes, I do think it's worth it. Because we are called to be church together, we are called to live an abundant life, and we are called to share this life with others inside and outside these doors. Because the gathering and the experience of the cross and the love of Jesus doesn't just stay in Houston or Detroit or New Orleans or even Minneapolis. It comes home with you. Think about it. Is there any other setting where you can bring your youth group to hear people of varying ages, male, female, every possible shade of skin, immigrant, citizen, LGBTQI persons, deacons, ordained pastors, poets, musicians, a terminally ill teen, and people recovering from addictions, eating disorders, and self-harm to speak honestly about what they have been through and point to Christ as their source of strength and healing, saying plainly as possible that God's call changes everything, God's love changes everything, God's grace changes everything, and God's hope changes everything. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please join us in the hymn of the day. <laughs> 